Hello and welcome to another edition of the WCU Podcasts Podcast. I'm Josh Thompson. And I'm Patrick Frazier, coming to you live from Cullowee, North Carolina. That's right, Patrick, it is time for our March podcast, and this week, excuse me, this month, we're going to be talking all about Catamount Athletics. Yeah, kind of our version of March Madness. We're going to cover anything and everything athletic-wise for the winter sports and the spring sports here in Cullowee. That's right, so let's start off with a couple of sports that just wrapped up their season, speaking of March Madness. Uh, and that is our men's and women's basketball teams this year. And, Patrick, the biggest story coming out of basketball season uh, just broke within the last week or two. Coach Larry Hunter retiring after 13 seasons in Cullowee. Yeah, it's going to be sad to see Coach Hunter leave. Uh, he's been a staple on the sidelines here for uh, several years now uh, and really helped transform the team from when we were in school um, took yeah. us to the championship game of the SoCon a couple of times, mm-hmm. so close to making us the big dance, we just couldn't quite get over that hump. Yeah, there's a couple of Davidson teams that got us, a Wofford team that got us, um, but uh, in Coach Hunter's tenure here, you really turned the quality of basketball around. Patrick, I came in the year after Kevin Martin. I know you were here during Kevin Martin's last year here. The The basketball between the period of Kevin Martin and Larry Hunter was uh, was was very much a dark days uh, of in terms of competitiveness and wanting to go see the team play and Coach Hunter did a fantastic job rebuilding the program and taking us back into competitive nature. Yeah, I remember uh, when he first came, the student section was renamed the Hunters Hooligans. Yep, uh, and uh, had some great players during his time here. Uh, and was able to pick up his 700th career win this year as well as a head coach. Yeah, one of the all-time uh, most active, uh, well, one of the all-time winningest active coaches, but now, you know, we can't stay active anymore <laughs> if he's officially retired. Uh, but it will be an interesting uh, spring as we look to hire a new basketball coach before uh, the summer, before summer ball and fall ball starts up. So be curious to see uh, what direction the university goes, so that will bear watching. Yeah, and... You know, unfortunately, we couldn't give him uh, a winning send-off there in a SoCon tournament. Uh, we unfortunately got stacked up against Farman, who just kind of had our number all season long uh, in basketball. Yeah, it was curious uh, talking to a couple of people close to the team uh, before the Southern Conference tournament, and um, we got a bye. We didn't have to play the first day. Um, however, that meant we had to play Furman uh, in the first or in the second round of the tournament, which really was our worst case scenario. We would have been better off having had to play the first day to get to the, the first round of the tournament or the play-in game because Furman was our worst nightmare this year. Matchup-wise, we just did not match up well with them on the road, at home, and that bore out in the tournament as well. We could have been competitive, I think, with any other team in the conference, but we happened to draw the one that would that served as our kryptonite this year. Yeah, they, they were the kryptonite for Superman this year for the Catamounts. Uh, you know, we held with them the start of the game, mm-hmm. uh, but their athleticism just kind of overwhelmed us as you got in the middle, especially to the end of the game. Yep. Uh, we just didn't have the legs and the really the the legs and the length. Uh, they just have some really uh, strong, big guys for Farman that we just couldn't match up against. Yeah, and like I said, any other team in the conference I think would have been a lot more competitive game. However, we just drew the Paladins, who uh, had the Catamounts number, like you mentioned, all year long. Uh, Patrick, you talked a little bit about uh, some great players during Coach Hunter's time here. Do you have a favorite player during the kind of the Coach Larry Hunter era? You've always got to go with Matumbo. Yeah. Matumbo is just the one that uh, really kind of ignited some crowd enthusiasm anytime he scored, especially with the, the marching band members or, the, uh, you know, the, the Cat House band members that were there. They loved screaming Matumbo anytime he hit a three-pointer. 
yeah, Haruna Matumbo and then um, Habubakar this past year was a, has been a catamount. So I think we're actually graduating the last of our of the Matumbos uh, from the team this season. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he was great. Um, I'll always remember when I was a student that first kind of generation of catamounts that came through with Coach Hunter, um, Brigham Wagenger, who's now, you know, was an assistant coach on this last year's squad, the last several years. Uh, he always played very – he was very much a, a – um, a bulldog on the court, uh, super kind of defensive hound. And uh, Eric Wilson, who I went to high school with, who started as a, a walk-on player here, also served as an assistant coach for a couple of years before moving on uh, to another university in the state. Um, and uh, so those were two of my all-time favorite catamounts. And then um, you can't forget guys like Slick, Sling, Slick, Slick Sinclair, <laughs> say that five times fast, uh, and um, Tawaski King, and, and there were some really good guys later on in Coach Hunter's career that we were able to watch play, and that took us to a lot of success as well. Yeah, King was a beast on the boards, uh, yeah. and that was something that we really missed since he graduated, we really trying to find had, that person. This year was the first time we've really had a good inside presence since Tawaski graduated. Uh, of course, with transfer Mike Amius coming in, uh, really stepped up and had a fantastic first year in Cullowee. Um We look forward to seeing what he'll do with another year here under his belt, the JUCO transfer. We also had a great year from freshman Matt Halverson, a local guy out of Asheville, can really shoot the three. So Coach Hunter did not leave the cupboard bare uh, as he is retiring now. I think there is a um, – some of our best players are going to be returning, and so it will be interesting to see where we end up uh, next year and the new coach. Will we still run that same Princeton-style offense that Coach Hunter was known for, uh, or will we change it up? So I'm curious to see the next evolution of Catamount men's basketball. Yeah, and, you know, for the fans that are, you know, already planning ahead to next year, you know, some promising moments this year, especially at home. Uh, we had an 8-5 and five record at home this season. Yep. Uh, so, you know, for those that come out and cheer the Catamounts at home, you had a lot of great moments in Catamount basketball for the men's team this year. Yeah, absolutely. There was a, a lot of really fun home moments um, and some good home wins. And, and, you know, really the highlight of the season for me, Patrick, was um, Chattanooga pretty consistently, always a great basketball team uh, in the Southern Conference, always competing for championships. Uh, we were able to sweep the uh, season series from Chattanooga, beat them for the first time in nearly a decade on their home court, so that was a big win. Um, but but sweeping the series from Chattanooga is what I'm going to take away from this season. Well, and the one for me, you know, even though it's a non-conference game now, but anytime you can beat Appalachian in basketball, uh, and we and pulled anything, out the really. 72-71 win uh, in December uh, against the Mountaineers, so that's always a great win as well. Yeah, I think, and then a lot of folks really enjoyed getting to see the uh, Catamounts take on the, the uh, Carolina Tar Heels. A lot of folks who. Uh, are purple and gold, uh, but also bleed a little bit of Carolina blue. So a lot of folks really enjoyed watching that game. Obviously, that didn't turn out the way we wanted it to, but um, it was neat to see the Western Carolina team down there in the in the Smith Center. Switching gears from men's basketball to women's basketball, um, it'll be an interesting off season for Coach Mack to see kind of how she regroups after this past season, mm-hmm. uh, gearing up for next year. Um, Rough season for the for the women's team. Uh, a lot more success at home than away, uh, but a lot of you know signs for improvement and be interesting to see kind of who she brings in to fill some empty spots on that roster. Yeah, there's some growing pains. Anytime you you have a coach entering second uh, second and third year, that there's that's when the growing pains are really going to take place. So uh, I'm anxious to see kind of where the the team leads uh, this coming year. I think there's a lot of young talent on this team, and I think there is a lot of, uh, of 
people you can look at and see them growing under Coach Mack's leadership. Um, and then, you know, when you're looking at the, the season, the, the season ended unceremoniously against the, the number one team in the Southern Conference. And, in fact, they ranked uh, nationally top 25 team, and the Mercer Bears kind of ousted us for the tournament. And, really, the first half of that game, the first two quarters, women's basketball and college plays four quarters, unlike the men who play in two halves, um, really they, the women kept it really close. And then, But in the second half and the third and fourth quarters, really where you saw Mercer's depth, and that talent, uh, that talent level really begin to separate itself. Yeah, by the end of the season, we just didn't have the depth needed to compete with Mercer, uh, and you know, you, you could tell nobody we were in the Southern Conference really did. Uh, nobody, nobody gave Mercer a game in the conference. They were near undefeated through the whole season, so um, that was a tough way to end the season. But Patrick, if you had to highlight one moment for you in the women's basketball season this year, anything specific stand out to you? Well, it'd be when we uh, took on Wofford and pulled off the unexpected win uh, against Wofford at, uh, in Spartanburg, 68-62 win. Uh, and the other thing for the women's team this year is it's always exciting, even though you know it was a loss for the team. But when you get to play the number five team in the nation in South mm-hmm. Carolina. Uh, that's always an exciting yeah, Defending moment. national champions uh, of women's basketball. We were down there on their home court early in the season. So that was a lot of fun. That Wofford game was tremendous. I think that shows you the promise of where this team could go if they could figure out a way to reproduce that effort in that level of intensity every single night, which I think, again, growing pains when you are playing a lot of underclassmen, a lot of uh, big minutes, then you're going to get into some situations where um, – you're going to have those growing pains, and I think that the Wofford game really shows you what this team under Coach Mack can be. And, you know, the, the team was close in a lot of games, and right. uh, a lot of the games that were lost were single-digit losses, and mm-hmm. that really says a lot that you're in the game, you're just missing that one or two play, that one player or maybe two players that are going to get you over the edge and, and help you succeed uh, and really just kind of push that team to the next level. Yeah, I think that um, both of us have a lot of faith in Coach Mack. We're, we are, we'll go ahead and disclose that we are big Coach Mack fans here on the podcast. So I really believe that uh, give her a little bit more time and she's gonna, you're going to see the, uh, the uh, fruits of her hard labor in terms of, of making this team a competitor. And we're going to see some of those wins, some of those close losses turn into uh, wins over the next two years. Yeah, and you know she has a lot of experience as an assistant coach that she's bringing to that head coach mm-hmm. position, and uh, she gets those girls in there that will listen to kind of what all she has to teach them. It's going to be some exciting times in women's basketball here in Cullowee. That's right. I, I am excited about the future with Coach Mack and with Lady Catamount basketball. I do believe she can take us back to those kind of glory days of the, the Kelly Jolly Harper uh, kind of era Catamounts when we were students. So. Uh, moving on from women's basketball, now let's talk about uh, arguably year in and year out the most successful team on campus in terms of accruing championships. Patrick, that is the uh, track and field team led by Coach McDaniel. Yeah, the indoor track and field team this year uh, for the Southern Conference uh, championships, the women came in third of eight, and the men, for the fifth year in a row, came in first out of the eight teams. That is incredibly hard to do. I don't think it can be understated. Winning one conference championship or or two in three years or anything like that is incredibly hard. But to have a run of dominance, there are people on our team who are graduating this year that have never lost an indoor championship. They'll graduate with four indoor-specific championship rings, which is pretty incredible that um, Coach McDaniel, taking over for Coach Danny Williamson when he retired, um, 
has really carried on that tradition of excellence and has not lost a single step, uh, you're still seeing results that you expect from Catamount Track and Field. And I uh, apologize for that. The women's team were actually second of nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came in second this year, uh, and the men were the, the one of eight uh, for, for it. But track and field, just in and out, uh, phenomenal team. And to be able to have that kind of dominance, even with the coaching change, yes. just shows the caliber of athletes that we have on that team here in Callaway. Um, the, the, it's the kind of athletes that a lot of other schools would love to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the program we have here in Cullowee is just a great program all around. Uh, outdoor track and field, indoor track and field, it doesn't matter which one it is they're going to be competing for that title year in and year out. Yeah, Coach McDaniel was named Coach of the Year for the indoor season. Uh, will be, I'm sure, a front runner for Coach of the Year in the outdoor season as well. We also had the uh, Female Athlete of the Year for indoor season. So uh, we've, really, uh, we've really done so great in the, in the men's and women's track and field programs. Like I said, you can pretty much pencil Western in for a conference championship or, or runner-up every single year under uh, Coach Cale McDaniel. Yeah, and, you know, speaking of the the outdoor track and field, that kind of shifts our focus a little bit from our winter sports, because uh, we only have mm-hmm. the three winter sports taking place, to our spring sports that are Absolutely. already in full gear. And we might as well kick it off with track and field since we're on the subject. That's right. We do have a couple of uh, home events coming up over the course of the, the semester uh, here in Cullowee, but you're going to be looking for the men to carry that momentum over uh, and for the women to kind of take that next step to go from second into first, which is something they're very, very capable of. So it should be an exciting spring for track and field, and it'll be great that you'll have not one but two opportunities to come and see your catamounts here in Cullowee. Yeah, the track and field team, uh, it's really going to be easy to catch them anywhere in the Carolinas this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to be starting the season off uh, this week, uh, Thursday, March 15th, at the 49er Classic in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's a three-day meet. Uh, and then they go to uh, Columbia, South Carolina for meet, followed by one in Wofford. Uh, they also get to go to the Georgia Tech Invitational, so it's always exciting to compete against the ACC teams. And I love stacking up against um, against some of the big boys in the big power conferences, just seeing where we stack. And I, it wouldn't surprise me to see us do really well there. Yeah, if you're looking to see the the Catamount Track and Field team at home, that'll be on Friday, April 13th, and Saturday, April 14th. Uh, which is the Catamount Classic here in Cullowee, uh, presented by the Catamount Travel Center. Uh, and then I can't tell you how many years we've been hosting the SOCON tournament, but it's back again uh, Thursday, May 10th, and Friday, May 11th, right before graduation, will be the Southern Conference Championship here in Cullowee. Yeah, it's one of the, it's a fantastic facility. It's always great weather here in May. Uh, it's not too hot. It's not too cold. So, um it doesn't surprise me that we continue to host the outdoor championships every year, given the championship pedigree our team has, and a fantastic setting, a fantastic facility, a beautiful place to come and spend a weekend in May. Yeah, so be sure to follow along with the, the track and field team, and of course all of our athletic teams at catamountsports.com uh, for the latest news and updates and information on everything athletics. Absolutely. That takes us to our next uh our two other big sports that were going to be taking place in the uh, in the spring are uh, baseball and softball. We do also want to just highlight that women's tennis as well as men's and women's golf is currently taking place. Women's tennis, five and four on the year, uh, have started off really well. Uh, you continue to be able to see them uh, throughout the year here in Cullowee and throughout the state uh, at different uh, matches. 
but really we'll spend the bulk of the time taking a look at the baseball and softball schedule. Patrick? Yeah, baseball uh, is off to a rough start this year. Uh, we're currently 1-14 in uh, with one win at home, uh, and then we're so we're one and eight at home and and zero and six on the road. But we've had some tough games to start the season. Yeah, we've played some really good teams. We've played a couple of ranked teams, specifically looking at the battle against number ten Louisville in Louisville, Kentucky. So um, that that was a tough series. We you know we opened up the year at ECU. Um, have played Appalachian State, UNC Asheville. So some really solid teams that we've played up to this point in the year. Yeah, and we've got a couple of big games coming up uh, with non-conference opponents. Uh, specifically, we'll be going to Knoxville and playing Tennessee. Uh, and Tennessee will also be coming here uh, for a game as well, so a nice little back and forth uh, with the Tennessee Volunteers. Yeah, you can usually count on uh, one really nice baseball game a year at home in terms of a big ACC or SEC school. Sometimes that's Clemson, sometimes that's Tennessee. But you can always uh, count on uh, seeing at least one of the big boys come down, and you can usually bet they're going to be wearing orange. Oh, yes. And, uh, of course, we'll be going to Clemson again this year. We've had a, a yearly tradition of playing Clemson in baseball uh, with our unique connections that we have with former coaches at Clemson. Uh, it really kind of ties our programs together on the baseball diamond. Yeah, absolutely. Being so close together, a lot of people don't think that uh, Clemson's one of the closest schools to us, uh, but it is. It's just over the mountain to get there. So, uh, um a really easy road trip if you want to go see a, a ACC caliber baseball park and, and some really great talent down uh, in Clemson. That's always a fun road trip uh, in the middle of the week if you can get away from work to go make it. And then we'll, you know, we're only a couple of weeks away from really kind of diving into our conference schedule. Uh, our first conference game of the season will be against the Citadel in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, so we've got some exciting road games coming up. Uh, we Other than... Uh, Tennessee at home on March uh, 27th. Our next really big homestand isn't until April 6th when we take on UNC Greensboro for three games. Yeah, that'll be a that'll be a big series for us. Really, Patrick, it, you know, throw the record out the the overall record out the window when we're looking at um, the baseball team and the softball team. What really matters is going to be your conference performance. And so while the early returns on the team have not been good, uh, with just the one win and 15 tries. Um, that doesn't really matter once we get into conference schedule. Now, if we are still one win after 10 or 11 conference games, then that's when it really becomes a concern. But, but for the most part, you want to test your squad really early to see what, what you got and who you want to throw out to be your Friday, Saturday, and Sunday pitchers during conference. Because if you don't win your conference tournament at this level, you're not going to make the big dance. It, it, very similar to kind of the NCAA men's tournament uh, in basketball that way. Um, that you just really need to focus on conference and then use the out-of-conference to test yourself against some really strong competition. Yeah, and you know, even during the main part of the season against the conference teams, we still throw in some out-of-conference uh, mm-hmm. opponents. Uh, University of Kentucky will be here in Coloisa. We'll be taking on the Wildcats uh, in April. Uh, we'll make a trip up to Boone, uh, and we'll also make a trip to North Carolina. So we have several key games that are out-of-conference games throughout the regular season. Uh, for us that will help get us prepared for a kind of a run in the SOCON tournament and hopefully a bid in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, Patrick, I'm excited to see when you're taking a look at the schedule here that a number of these games at home are going to be televised uh, via ESPN3, so there's going to be a chance for you to actually get to watch the Catamounts this year. 
more so than in the past year, so you can definitely check out a couple of those games you mentioned will be uh, streaming online, and then the North Carolina game is going to be on the ACC Digital Network. So there's a number of different ways you can watch the Catamounts uh, on the diamond this year if you can't make it out to a game or uh, home or away. And, of course, uh, you're always able to, to listen live to the Catamounts, especially when, on, when they're on the road, uh, the Catamount Sports Network, uh, and you can find those broadcasts live online. So you can keep up with everything Catamount Baseball while they're traveling around the country in the southeast. Yep, and the, uh, where's the, the conference tournament will take place again in Greenville, uh, South Carolina, at Floor Field. That's where it's been taking place the last several years. Of course, the Catamounts have some recent history in Floor Field uh, as they won the conference tournament championship several years ago when they got a chance to go down to the Clemson Regional, eliminated the Nebraska Cornhuskers, uh, and finished third in that regional pairing there. Yeah, the SOCON tournament will begin on Tuesday, May 22nd in Greenville, South Carolina, uh, with the championship game wrapping up on Sunday, May 27th. Uh, so an, always an exciting week of baseball there when the SOCON tournament's in Greenville. Absolutely. Hopefully we'll be welcoming orientation guests in, talking about the great Catamount baseball run in the SOCON tournament, uh, and talking about the regional that will be taking place soon. Yeah, that, that's always a, a great hope uh, to kick off your summer orientation when you can still be talking about uh, your spring sports during the summer months. Absolutely. Now, our final sport we're going to highlight today during this episode is going to be the Catamount softball team. Uh, much like the men have had a little bit of a rough road, but have been more successful in out-of-conference play, Patrick, uh, to start the year. Yeah, the women's uh, softball team is currently 6-14. and 14. Uh, however, unlike the men, they haven't played a home game yet, so Which everything pretty, has been on the road. It's pretty unbelievable that they've had 20 games now and have not been at home once. That kind of goes to show you that there's some difficulties in playing in the mountains, but it also uh, it talks to the kind of uh, the culture of college softball to where a lot of your early season games are going to be tournament kind of classics. Uh, so we've played in three or four tournaments already this year. That's why we've racked up the majority of those wins uh, are in those individual tournaments. And, Patrick, there's really been some good wins that you look at, and are they're pretty impressive. Yeah, we've played some pretty um, impressive competition. One of the big wins that stands out is against Penn State with a 5-1 win uh, to kind of kick off the season big, in February. Big 10 Penn State, by the yeah. way. Uh, we uh, picked up a loss against Auburn, but when you're playing the number 12 team in the nation, uh, it, it's always great competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we also played number 23, James Madison. Uh, and we only lost to James Madison 2 nothing. so kept it really close and competitive in the James Madison game. Yeah, and of course we split a season zero, uh, split two games with UCF, winning one game and losing another game. So um, that's another kind of bigger school that that uh, you're glad to see the Catamounts putting putting up wins on the board. So I'm excited to see kind of where where the season takes us. I think we've got a lot of young talent, so I think it'll be really exciting to see what Coach Cliff does this year. Yeah, and you know, like I said, we've been on the road, but. Uh, those tournaments, they haven't been close to home for the most part, other than the Bowling Springs when we played uh, the Running Bulldogs softball tournament at Gardner-Webb. Uh, they've been in Jacksonville, Florida, Auburn, Alabama. Uh, had a game in, in Athens, Georgia, when we took on number 11, Georgia. So, again, another ranked opponent, uh, so three ranked opponents to kind of kick off your season. That's some tough competition for the Catamounts. It really is, and they finished up their last tournament this past week at the EIU tournament, and now we are finally getting ready to open the home schedule, Patrick. A week from today of this recording, on March 20th, we'll open up against Presbyterian here in Cullowee. Yeah, and then we really have a home stand once we open with Presbyterian 
Uh, we play our next several games at home and really finish out the month of March at home, mm-hmm. uh, never hitting the road from Colouise. So uh, kind of a great way to kick off the, the home stretch and the get ready for conference play in the season here at home. Yeah, four consecutive series here at home, uh, three non-conference, uh, leading Presbyterian, Winthrop, and uh, North Carolina Central. Then diving into conference play for our first conference matches are going to be against UNC Greensboro uh, here in Cullowee. Uh, and then we, that's when we really kind of look at the conference schedule. And as we mentioned earlier with baseball, you can throw the record out the window uh, when it comes to uh, the Catamount softball team going into conference. The conference record is what's going to indicate success and whether, gonna, whether we're going to make the postseason. Yeah, we have a couple of non-conference teams kind of thrown in just like baseball. Uh, some of them have been rescheduled due to weather. A uh, series with Appalachian State has been rescheduled for uh, early April. We also take on USC Upstate and North Carolina A&T, as well as UNC Charlotte. Um, but well, the, you can see the Catamounts all over North and South Carolina this year, really. Both baseball and softball have done a good job scheduling uh, opponents where it's easy travel if you live in the middle of the state or you live in South Carolina, that, that you can go and see your team this year. Yeah, and then, of course, we have our main conference opponents. Uh, we've got, we do have a really tough uh, road stretch coming up in April. Yeah. Uh, where we play uh, four different teams on the road, uh, starting with UNC Charlotte and ending with Furman. Uh, so that will be a tough road uh, stand for us there as we hit the road uh, in April. Yeah, and you would think that wouldn't be bad. You just go from one place to the other, but you actually have to go to Birmingham, Alabama, and then Greensboro before you go from Charlotte to Greenville. So it makes that drive just a little bit longer. Yeah, so we'll kind of be all over the map there uh, before finishing off our final homestand for softball this year. Uh, we'll begin in April 25th when we take on Radford, uh, and then we take on our final home game for a uh, conference opponent. will be against Mercer on uh, April 28th and April 29th, so a doubleheader game in Cullowee and followed by a single game the next day. So plenty of opportunities to come out and catch Catamount softball in Cullowee. Yep, and if you are a Catamount in the Triangle and Triad, I know we have a great alumni base out there. Uh, make sure you go ahead and mark on your calendars. The Southern Conference Tournament is going to be taking place in Greensboro, North Carolina again at the UNC Greensboro campus and, and softball facility. So if you're a Triangle or Triad Cat, make sure you go ahead and put that on the calendar. It'll be a lot of fun to go watch the ladies compete in the Southern Conference Tournament this year. Yeah, and that tournament will, will be taking place May 9th through May 15th. Uh, I'm sorry, May 9th through May 12th. So make sure that you come out and support the Catamounts in the softball tournament uh, in Greensboro. So a lot of opportunities to catch all of our you know, spring sports throughout the state this year. Yeah, absolutely. As we begin to wind down the show, there is one more topic we want to cover that we haven't really had a chance to talk about yet. Spring football is getting ready to get started, Patrick. So as we look forward to spring football getting started, uh, Coach Spear going into another year, I'm interested to know kind of your thoughts as we get ready for the for the upcoming year. We've got a couple of interesting games on the schedule for next fall, but we'll do a quick preview of what we're looking at um, for the men this year. I, I know that when you look at the home schedule, you're looking at five home games, uh, and uh, we really are returning a ton of players on offense. We're losing one key player, and that's Detrez Newsom, who you very well could see drafted in the NFL draft in the lower rounds. You'll definitely see him get signed as a, a walk-on if he doesn't get drafted. So you'll see his name in some NFL camps for sure uh, this Sunday. So that on Sundays this fall. So you really, um, it'll be a, a fun football kind of get ready to see what we're going to look like without our all-time, one of our all-time great leading running backs. 
Yeah, I mean, bringing back as many players as we did from last season's team, uh, the way our season went last year, we were so close to you know, and so the playoffs up until the very bitter end. You know, so close right till the end. Uh, really kind of set this up for a great run, hopefully, uh, in 2018. And we have a really good schedule that will help us in that run this year. For To, to steal a line from the Disney movie Frozen, for the first time in forever, we can kind of see a path that leads to the playoffs where we are not putting too much pressure on ourselves with out-of-conference big money games. This year, in the past, we've typically done two. Sometimes we've even done three big money games against uh, FBS opponents. Uh, This year, we've just got the one where we return to Chapel Hill at the end of the season. But outside of that, it's our payback game against Chapel Hill this year. Yeah, I'd love to roll in there undefeated and knock the Tar Heels on their behinds. But uh, I think this year, you know, we're replacing kind of that early game where we typically would go to a big school. Uh, with Newberry College, uh, South Carolina school that'll come up and and really we sh- it should be a win for us. So that'll be it'll be nice to be able to get started with a win theoretically on the schedule, as opposed to starting knowing we'll probably go into the season taking a, a loss. So well, and the one big thing for the Catamount football next year is that our bye week is the second week. Yeah. So once we get through the opening weekend against Newberry uh, here in Cullowee, and we head down to Gardner-Webb in Bowling Springs, North Carolina. It's nonstop from there until playoff time uh, for the Catamount football team. Which is scary, but also can be a good thing. So you're scary because in no time for injuries to heal. Uh, so you need to hope you're healthy, having a bye week super early in the season like that. But you also know that if you can gather some momentum, when you look at the first half of this schedule, Patrick, we should go into the end of September 3-0. and there would be no excuse for us losing to Newberry, Gardner-Webb, and BMI. Those should all; those are all schedule wins. Uh, if you look at the talent on our team versus the talent on the other teams, going into a game against Furman that was super competitive, Sanford's always super competitive. You remember that game this past year was a crazy game at the last second. Keon Crossan knocking away a pass in the end zone to seal the victory for us. Um, and, and really, you're looking when you look at the home schedule. I could easily see us going four and one or five and zero oh at home this year. Uh, we've got uh, three tough matchups at home uh, against Chattanooga, and then the end of our season is going to be really important. You're looking at stacking the Citadel and Wofford in back-to-back weeks here in Cullowee. That'll be really telling for our playoff chances. We're going to need to take one or both of those to be competitive uh, in the FCS playoffs. Yeah, and for everybody that's thinking about, oh, well, let me start marking key dates on my calendar. Uh, you know, for you incoming students, go ahead and mark that September 1st date on your calendar because that's the date of the freshman run. Yeah, we're um, super excited. It's one of the coolest traditions that uh, Chancellor Belcher, if you missed our retrospective of his career here at WCU, go back to the January podcast, and uh, we talked about some of the traditions he implemented here. The freshman run, I think, is my favorite of the Chancellor Belcher era traditions that were started and will continue to live on. And then on Saturday, September 22nd, is family weekend, so all all of you families listening and students listening, make sure that you go ahead and mark your calendar for family weekend, all the activities. And then for all of you seniors that are listening that will be graduating in May, go ahead and mark your calendar for your first homecoming as an alumni, yes. which is on Saturday, November 3rd. First time in a long time homecoming has been in November and not in October. Yeah. Uh, so it's a little bit of a change several, for us. last several years it's been right before Halloween uh, has when homecoming is really stacked up. So, um, yeah, you look at the schedule, Patrick, you can see 
eight wins is kind of the magic number for FCS playoffs. If you can get eight wins, you're going to be competitive to be an at-large bid if you don't win your conference. And you can look at this schedule and you can find eight wins um, in this in this uh, on this on paper. So we'll see how that turns out. You know, obviously it's easy for us to say eight or nine wins looking at it on paper, but we're not out there playing the games. So and and it's easy to say out. eight or nine wins in April and May. Yes. And uh, but come August, that's when we'll start really getting to tell what, a, what our season's going to look like as we hit that September 1 date. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I think this is going to be a great season. Uh, we'll miss DeTrez terribly because he was such an impact player, but he didn't play a lot of last year dealing with some nagging injuries. Um, and the Catamounts really played well with him in the lineup and without him in the lineup. So you're looking at Tyree Adams coming into his third year kind of as the starting quarterback. I'm excited to see what he brings to the table as it will for sure be his spring or his team now that Detrez has graduated. I think we've got a lot of young skill position players. We've still got fantastic wide receivers. The question is going to be on defense. We're going to have our second year of our defensive coordinator uh, being here. We've bought a couple of new defensive position coaches, including one from James Madison, who was the recruiting coordinator there for the last two years. Uh, remember, they've been in the FCS National Championship two years in a row, uh, one and one in those games. So we're bringing in some coaches with some championship pedigrees. Um, so I'm really excited uh, about Catamount football coming up. And that starts with spring ball here over the next couple of days uh, into March. And then uh, that'll end with our spring game, our spring uh, spring practice, which will take place on what date, Patrick? Spring practice will take place on April 7th at 1 p.m. So be sure to come out on Saturday, April 7th. For the spring game, uh, tailgating will be taking place, uh, all kinds of activities kind of around the spring game. Always kind of a fun way to, to wrap up the spring school year for athletics uh, and to start thinking about fall. All right, that'll wrap us up for this edition of the WCU Podcast podcast. Patrick, you want to preview what's coming next month? Next month, uh, we're going to do our summer school edition, uh, and we're going to kind of cover our different summer programs, our academic success program, our Catamount Gap programs, uh, and just different activities and things to keep in mind if you're looking at being in Cullowee during the summer month. Yeah, that'll be an exciting episode. So if you are an incoming freshman, uh, you definitely want to check that out. It's not too late to sign up for Catamount Gap. In fact, they're still encouraging you to do so now if you want to start in the summer. Uh, we'll have more information on that for our April episode of the podcast. Uh, and then in May, we'll take a look at graduating students, uh, interview a couple of those folks who've been with us for a couple of years, uh, and, then, uh, and then figure out kind of what's going on for the rest of their life. And then we'll be on summer sabbatical, uh, and we'll be back in August with a preview of, of Week of Welcome and, and some of those awesome uh, fall events that will be taking place. Uh, so this will be the, kind of the next uh, three or four episodes for us. Yeah, so we have some exciting times here on the podcast uh, with some great episodes coming up. Of course, you can always check out our previous episodes online at podcasts.wcu.edu. Yeah, 60-plus episodes kind of in the in the bank there, so you can go through and check out all different kinds of episodes uh, uh, on previous athletic previews, on, on Chancellor Belcher, on uh, NC Promise, just to name a few. So there's a lot of really great content Or our favorites, that, uh, the best places to eat and things to mm -hmm. do in Cullowick. Yeah, there's a couple of evergreen episodes on there, all, dating all the way back to episode one several, several years ago now in August. So um, we're glad that you've stuck with us this long, and we look forward to you having you join us again next month for the next WCU Podcast podcast. For Patrick Frazier, this is Josh Thompson. Thanks again for joining us. And as always, go! Whoa.